Matte Powder Kiss Lipstick is matte reinvented. The new matte formula is where matte meets moisture, giving you the zero shine look of a matte lipstick with instant long-term hydration and a weightless cushiony texture. The velvety soft matte colors glide on effortlessly with a wide range of shades that are sure to complement any skin tone girl. I'm, you know, I'm on my way. Head to your nearest MAC location to meet your matte today, or you can shop at MacCosmetics.com. be the last time you'll have a go around I'll let you touch it if you'd like to go down I'll let you go further if you take the southern route don't go too fast don't go too slow got to let your body flow I like them attentive and I like them in control. Baby is yours. All yours. (laughs) (laughs) I was. I was waiting. I was waiting. I was waiting on the alley oop. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's all right, sis. I was just going to let you sing your song. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no. I'm done here. He's in a T by state of mind, I suppose. My time is is done here. Good night. what it is though what's up hey y'all we're back to talk about this game that is adulting yeah and we're feeling it but it's fine yeah man it's just one of those uh mondays but we're doing good so praise the lord niggas i'm kia jade and we're back to talk about uh getting the business of getting grown the good the bad the ugly the test of trials the twists the turns the temptations and the taxes of being an adult in the year of our Lord, 2019. Mm. What's going on, man? Not much. Um, you know, it's a it's a Monday. It's like it's like a Monday Monday. <laughs> it's like a like the true definition of a Monday today. It was a little it was a little overcast and chilly in in the district today. Mm-hmm. So it's like. And you just like I found myself in an angsty space. Yeah, sometimes it'd be like just that. like. What? <laughs> everybody that came to my office, everybody that called my phone, it was like, yes, yes, how can I help you? Like my mother and, when um, she calls my phone. I'm not entirely sure <laughs> what it was all about. I wasn't like irritable or mad, but I just was like, I see, I just didn't really want to be bothered. Sometimes, sometimes you don't necessarily be in a bad mood, but you just don't be in a good mood. You just be in a mood. You know, I mean, it was a good day, though. It was a relatively productive day. We got through the to-do list um, and went to the grocery store. I still got loads of laundry to do, but I feel like there's always tomorrow, you know? Same, sis. Don't even feel bad about it. always tomorrow. Things are getting done, and that's all that matters. You know, progress is progress. That's it. No matter what, no matter the pace, you got to remember that progress is progress. That's what I tell myself. We must celebrate you know, the infantile steps. 
<laughs> and stumbles. And stumbles. That's right. We praise Absolutely. the stumbles for lessons. But we have mm-hmm. trash to get into. So let's get into all right, it. All right. All right. All right. It's time to take out the garbage. Basura. Chacha. Uh, first on the oh, list, yeah. uh, we have some sad oh, news. Man. John Singleton passed away. You know, only 51 years old. That's just not at all old. Not old. Mm-hmm. Not old. Not old at all. That's crazy. And we know he is a, uh, he is, John Legend is a legend. John Legend. John Legend excuse me. <laughs> John Singleton <laughs> is a legend in our community as a black people. Uh, baby boy, higher learning. Boys in the hood. Boys in the hood. Like these are, these are gems Iconic, that we are going to forever remember. Classic films i mean they are definitely i remember being 10 years old 11 years old and having no business watching boys in the hood (laughs) but oh not watching it um and just like i mean just all good and knowing it yeah like i mean like over and over again it's one of those timeless timeless movies when it comes on you just have to watch it and I mean, to just think about the kind of impact that he that John Singleton has had in his career and to think that he was only like 24 years old when he did Boys in the Hood, which is just mind boggling. So he did remember the time. He did, like, and, you know, when I was 24 years old, I wouldn't have not done as anything as prolific as sports at 24 know. years old. <laughs> Definitely. Are you kidding me? Child? I still had I, I still I think I had Chris Brown on my birthday cake. When I was 25. Oh, my God. I think I did. <laughs> I'm dying. I sure did. Oh, and I'm not ashamed because that's before he has, he ruined himself. My God. Before he became a Jesus. Crackhead. It just pains me. He always comes back around. But uh, we rest, rest <laughs> in power, John Singleton. Yes. Um, really yes. sad to hear of your untimely passing, but we will continue it to. Is honor you and pay tribute to your life and legacy and all the amazing things that you've done for us as a people and and for our culture so breaking barriers and stuff and doing it early so yeah definitely definitely um all of the condolences and the love to the family and the loved ones uh because 51 again is just not old. old at all it's just not so so much going we, on. We keep we keep them in our prayers, Certainly. but that's sad news. Um, and I don't know mm-hmm. news. And Living Color is allegedly coming back. <sighs> right? Yeah. See, see. Now it was a movement in our in a, in a t- in the time that it I came out. You know, know what I'm saying? What it is about this reprise culture that we find ourselves in but i just wish that we would just leave well enough alone the reprise is tricky right because like oftentimes the reprise don't quite hit like the original did you know what i'm saying fuller house <sighs> not that i've ever tried to i've watch never it. seen one moment of one episode of that show and, and one, I am not ashamed one. of that. I just feel like it's none of my business. I have no interest. But I feel like I can confidently say that it probably shouldn't have happened. I just feel the same way about all of these shows. I don't feel like there's been one that I have been excited about. I just wish that we would just leave 
leave the like classic TV where it is, man. Especially if it hasn't aged well. I know that's maybe an unpopular opinion, but I went back and tried to watch In Living Color and there's only certain skits that, that still hit. But for the most part, it didn't age Mm-mm-mm. super well. So it's like, why reprise something that we 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 uh, acknowledge it for what it was at its time? You know what I'm saying? And what it did for us and and all of that. However, whose idea was this? Well, I'm sure one of the 13 wins. Keenan, Ivory. I, I can pre- I I would put my money mm-hmm, on it. Mm-hmm. It's not very much money, but I would put it on there. I just I so just, that could be it's a, a thing. no for me. It's, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a <laughs> it's no, a no for, me. for me too. I only want. Yeah. I feel like the I only person think- I would want to hear from is Benita Betrayal. That's it. Well, I was literally about to say Miss Benita is probably the only thing that has aged well from In Living. I Color. just feel like, like that's something that could funny. still be. You know, because I kind of, and this is probably, this is going to read as shade, even though I don't intend it to be shade. But I kind of see Jess Hilarious as the Bonita betrayal of this age. (laughs) I mean, I can can totally see. I ain't one to gossip. But but I'm just saying. I can see. Actually, yes, I can. I can see like just. uh, But Tammy is kind of still of that era to me. Like, I don't really see. Oh, yeah, she Tammy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like. I feel like she, I see where you're going with that. But I mean, like, Jess Hilarious is like, uh, uh, like, I see, like, this generation, this current generation. Didn't she say some wild shit? She's always saying some unsavory things. She is always. I mean, she is. I had to unfollow her a while ago. Um, No shade. I mean, I I still follow her. But didn't she, I feel like she says some wild shit. I feel like there's constantly some form of apology being made for some inappropriate and incendiary comment that she's made. But I, I, Mm. I, that's what I'm just saying. As when I, I when if you, if we if we doing remakes, I'm seeing Jess hilarious is my Bonita betrayal. I can see, I can see that. I can actually totally see that. Um, so this Britney girl with blue hair from Love and Hip Hop, New York. Britney, 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 Britney. I don't, uh, I don't think apparently I she had she had she had uh, beef with. Bianca, chicken noodle soup. Britney. So I see, I've seen, I got my beats confused because I thought that's who you were talking about. Bianca's the one who's saying chicken noodle soup. Let me. Bianca's the chicken noodle soup and Britney is the one with the really high shoulders. So, so Remy Ma slapped her, right? Dear God. Is that why Remy had the ankle bracelet on? I believe so, yes. So now the girl is trying to build an alleged assault case against Remy Ma. Then why is she on here talking about it was just a misunderstanding? I don't feel like I know who this child is. I don't feel like I've ever seen her before in my life. I only know her from the few episodes that I've seen of Love & Hip Hop um, New York. But yeah, so Remy, um, Remy allegedly hit the girl because she was talking real disrespectful or whatever. Uh, And... I want to say the girl said Remy looks like a man or she called her a man or some shit like that. So Remy, you know, gave her the business. I mean, honestly, if we're going to learn anything, if we're going to talk about getting grown, then let's talk about real things, right? You can't be running around here saying reckless shit, especially about somebody like Remy Ma and think that she's not getting ready to, to handle that. 
I just don't feel like this lady is in a position to call to say anything about anybody else looking like a man. I, 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 I don't think she's in a position to say much about anybody about anything. Period. I just feel like, I mean, I'm just perusing this here Instagram and nothing about it is giving me. Mm, shout out to Kia. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. So yeah, so she's trying to build an alleged assault case against Remy Ma now. I just Girl, feel like sit back. She's trying to build well, some right. relevance. Like, she's trying to build some relevance. I'm just annoyed because if you run around running your mouth and think that somebody's not going to run up on you and, and handle it and say something to you when they see you in person, then you are delusional. And furthermore... You have you know this lady just had a baby. You know that she's had legal issues in the past. You the one who instigated this. If you instigate something, then you better know when somebody comes back at you the with, with the retaliation that you got to deal with it. Sometimes you just got to get snuffed and take it on the chin. That's just what it is. I mean, to be fair, you know, Remy is responsible for her own behavior. Absolutely. Um, but this young lady, so I don't know. But I come like, from a particular code. I'm not arguing. <laughs> I'm not arguing against that one bit. I'm just saying. Yes, we should keep our hands to ourselves. But at the end of Absolutely. the day, you know, sometimes shit gets, shit gets real and niggas get snuffed. And when you run your mouth and you get snuffed, and sometimes again, you just need to take so it. So how is she building, how is she building in this all case if she's on the internet talking about it was just a misunderstanding? I have no clue. That's what I read on, that's what I also read on the internet. I only report okay. the things that I read. <laughs> all right. Um, in disgusting news, a white woman in Connecticut defaced a Nipsey Hussle mural. What? Yeah, she she put some dumbass graffiti over a Nipsey Hussle mural and then took selfies in front of it. Because um, she's brilliant. The, she's really smart. She's intelligent as fuck. She is really just an intellectual. Now, the crazy part about this is, like, I, when I initially read it, I was like, well, this has got to be some racist shit or some blah, 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 blah. It, I didn't see, there was, I didn't see racist motive. Furthermore... Furthermore, there, there so was what a, was her motive if it wasn't? I think she's just biased. literally an idiot because it the things so what that did she, she write on it. It was like she spray painted some cherries, like some just literally some like dumbass looking well, did she graffiti. Know it was Nipsey, I'm sure. Yeah, she knew she was a young. She she was very. She reminds me very much of that um that uh come outside, cash me outside girl from from the. So she's she gives Mariah Lynn. Oh yeah, yeah, very Mariah Lynn. Who, by the way, oh lord, why are y'all still letting this girl say nigga? Excuse me. I did, this girl has said nigga more than like she says my nigga like on the show. Does she? I I believe I have seen them bleep out my nigga to I like she said it to Rich Dollars. I said yeah, she did. She said it to Rich Dollars. She's like, my nigga, da, da. I'm like, mm. and then I guess she says she's Puerto Rican, but oh, girl, I, right. <laughs> girl, I right. mean, then we the also episode with her jeans. girl, the Scandinavian then we also jeans. episode with her mama, right? And that full set, her mama had a full set of French tips, honey. It wasn't nothing Puerto Rican about it. Straight okay, thank Arkansas. you so much. Like, I don't know, mm -hmm. but. <laughs> Anyway, so this white girl, yeah, she's giving you Mariah Lynn. She's giving you uh, Cash Me Outside. And they, so 
luckily an artist came through and restored the mural and it's beautiful but you know honestly i just and like people are threatening her life online and she's coming back like y'all are taking it so serious over a stupid picture like she's just mm, that's that's one of those people tired i mean we just can we just can continue to give such useless things attention i know that i you know, Ugh. I know that we're not supposed to put our hands on other people, but it's people like that who I feel like have never had a proper ass whooping, honestly. Child, what part? And she probably. Listen. I don't even want to. May it come back on her tenfold. You know, may she work at all the family dollars across America. Um, Did you see the, <laughs> the little black ass game that SWV was playing online? Mm hmm. SWV was doing a uh, playing like a music game online and they were they were playing videos of current artists, female artists, and they gave their opinions and like their interaction and shit. And let me tell you, no, something. that's probably a good time. Oh, it is. And your girl because Coco you know, ain't aunties. here for what? <laughs> Sis, what, I, love I need you to go watch this and get your entire because you are going Cheryl. to be tickled by Coco. I love them. Not here for nobody. I love it. She's not here for nobody. And she could have had a V8 for all of y'all's, all of y'all's faves. That's really it. She, she Coco tickles me. She tickles me down. And that's it for the trash. It was light this week. Okay. It was light this well, week. I mean, I know we're going to get to it in the next segment, but I mean, this is not, well, I mean, I guess it started off as trash, but did you watch Game of Thrones? Of course I did. What an emotional roller coaster. So in the history, for the first time ever in getting grown history, we're sh- our shout out to our sis is a white woman. Is it the first time? It's a first. It might be a first. Yeah, this is a first. Well, I mean, it's not really a white woman as far as I'm concerned, because as far as I mean, it's 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 soon. It's a bad bitch as as of as of last night, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Yes, Arya Stark is officially a strong black woman. Arya Stark (laughs) is of the lineage of Maxine Waters because she took matters into her own hands and reclaimed her time and our time, everybody's time. And I want to thank her because, you know, for 90% of last night's episode of of, of, uh, Game of Thrones, I was... It's smack dab in a full-fledged anxiety attack. Sis, like, for, we were sitting there and Fran was like, because remember, we were all, you know, we heard that these were going to be longer episodes. And so the first oh. two episodes, everybody, well, for the first episode, everybody was like, what the fuck? I thought this was about to be an hour and a half. Then the second episode comes on and it's like, y'all have to be setting the shit up for the war because this is just literally a filler. Sis... Last night's episode. I could have actually used a commercial break. I so, said for, at, after I said, an hour, friend was like, "Oh, she was like, I really this could just end now." Honestly. I said, <laughs> "I mean, I was on the Facetime with Latoya because I needed emotional support while we were watching it, and I just was like, you know, if I could just get a cool hundred and twenty seconds to just gather myself yes. together." I might be able to make it. There were several points. I mean, I kept turning my head. 
Um, I couldn't really kind of maintain consistent eye contact with the screen. Um, when I was looking at the screen, it was dark as hell. I couldn't decipher who or what was happening <laughs> at any given point of time. Um, and I needed to actually escape my because I ran to the kitchen at least three times, just like, oh, oh, I can't. And you know, when I when I'm anxious, it's really hard for me to sit still. So if I'm scared, it's very hard for me to like I got to be moving. So I was running all over this apartment last night. But it it wasn't until Aria Aria took matters into her own. I was really worried that I was gonna be a mess and I wasn't gonna be able to sleep. But after Aria did what she did. I just felt so much better. It was it was like the hope that I needed because I had given up. Yes. And me and Toya was like... When the Dothraki... <laughs> me, when the flames went out. And, listen, me and Toya was in here. <laughs> I mean, going through... And I just kept... I gave up so many times. That's why I was like, this is a lesson of faith for me and I need to grow. Yeah. Because I gave up yeah. so many times because I was just like, if it were me, I would just be like, hey guys, we lost. We have lost... They have won. Let's just all die. I'm ready. <laughs> right now. But um, so many moments. So many first when that white walker looked under the table, when when the Dothraki came and the all the all the flames went out and we did not know what was I, going I'm on. Struggling. And then them niggas just ran back. And then and then I mean, not one flame was and left. And then when the night king raised the soldiers. Let me tell you something. I tell you, I was literally running around this apartment saying like, I quit. Like, why can't we just like, quit? This is the can't end. they just quit? Please, please. When they started falling on that flame, when they started falling on the flame, so, child. When they when they built them bridges of when they started yes. sacrificing themselves so yes. they could build bridges, you this nigga. is what I'm talking about. I was I was literally standing on the Yo. furniture. I was just a, it was a wreck. It was a wreck. Okay, so predictions. <sighs> Prediction for you: Who out of these two people do you think? Sorry, if you're not into Game of Thrones, y'all. Who out of these two people do you think is going to kill Cersei? Tyrion or Jamie? Uh, uh, should Cersei even die? Should she die? Because they might fuck around and make Man, her. Man, because I mean, that's really tough. Because I could really the throne see, and everybody else die. I could see either one of them doing it. I feel like I would enjoy Jamie doing it. More than Tyrion. I think, well, I would definitely enjoy either one, but... <laughs> I think Jamie doing it would just be like sweet justice. Right. And that's why I feel like that's why it's not going to happen. But. Right. Yeah. Mm. Weigh in, ladies and but gents. If, what are your thoughts? If you don't watch The Thrones, I'm sorry, but I'm not. Yeah, um, I'm not. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> we just need to unpack these things as a family because. They're important. This is really. We're almost at the end of the road here. Yo, my girl came. Like a fucking spider monkey. I mean, didn't out she of fly? Nowhere. I mean, flew. She flew like the monkeys she was and like Wizard of Oz. Spider Man. I mean, it was out of nowhere. Spider Man. I said, <laughs> now that's how came out of I nowhere. Mean, just, and when he grabbed her by the neck, I just no, knew he was about to no, crush her. No, I said it. I was like, it's not over. Like, 
I was like, she can't, she can't go out like this. I was like, she can't not, go out like this. He grabbed this. her by the neck, and I was just like, you know, that's was that's when I got happy in my soul because I was just like, you just never say die. It's like you fight until the end of the fight, no matter what. Like, like, and then my girl dropped the dagger, and so I was good. like, no, she's losing her breath, and then. She got that nigga. Oh, she got that nigga so good. <laughs> and Brand sat there and looked at her like, but you know what? I don't trust. I don't trust him. I don't, don't trust, trust Brand. Hmm. Why? I don't know. Something about it is not sitting well in my spirit. I could. I just. I can't call it hmm. something about it. Something about it is just like I'm not. I'm not at ease. I don't know. I don't know. And part of me, because maybe because part of me felt like um, him and the Night King was going to like that or something. <laughs> like I was, I did not get the impression that he was going to do something to Brand. I thought they was going to like dap and be like, what up? Like, oh, okay. Like, I, I don't know. What up, my nigga? Good like something you. about it didn't really give me like he was getting ready to do something to Brand. I felt like they was getting ready. Like they had had a, it was like the meeting after the meeting. Nah, I think he was I think he was gonna do something to Brand. And then, you know, Brand, first of all, ain't never scared. He's not shook. But I think he was so gonna do was something that, to Brand, but what he was just that? wasn't. His eyes rolling back in was he like, was he playing the other man? Like when his eyes rolled back in his head, mm-hmm. was he like faking? Like, well, I don't I wasn't I don't know. Some, see, that's the part that really was like, well, what what what's happening right here? <laughs> that's really when I was like okay so and what like what what what's going on like <laughs> that I think he knew he I, Bran was his target and I don't think he was gonna go in quick I think he was going in slow and he knew that there was gonna be an army around Bran so like he was prepared he knew there was gonna be an army around Bran but I don't think he was trying to go in for the quick kill because he knew once he defeated the army that he was out there I don't know how it was going to shake out. I'm just telling you that I am not. I don't feel good about brand. I don't feel good about it. Hmm. And I'm not sure why, but something in my Shondo is telling me that I should not let my guard down. And well, my gut has not more failed episodes me. to see. I just I would like. I'm just not ready for the death set because I personally thought that the White Walker war was the one that was getting ready to go on for the next three episodes when they said it was getting ready to be the the longest battle in like television history. I don't know why I didn't think about the battle against Cersei initially. I just was because the White Walkers were just front and center and present. And that fucking dragon in the last episode was just like the dragon came into the castle. (laughs) into the castle <laughs> and was, destroyed it in a swift I was dying <laughs> I said not the dragon could have burnt up the castle from the outside but this nigga went mm-hmm. into the living room and said oh mm-hmm. what y'all doing in here oh okay I bet you're not doing no. it now <laughs> I just, <laughs> and what was your girl Danny doing on the damn dragon like why what, what was she doing Danny made me tired last night that's all I got to say about her she made me so tired she exhausted. I was like, what are you doing? Besides getting on my nerves. Please. You doing too much and Sansa's not doing enough. Sansa was down. Somebody on Twitter said Sansa was in the crib eating Rotel. Child. <laughs> that thing tickled me so good, honey. Let me tell you what tickled me. 
Somebody posted the picture of Young Thug in the wheelchair at the oh airport with his with legs crossing the box of Nilla wafers. And I said, <laughs> this is how Bran was looking. That's how he was looking yes. at the Night King walking up to him. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, he wasn't bothered. <laughs> Nothing in him. And I know Bran but is Brand don't scared. be bothered, though. Bran don't be shook. I get it. I'm just saying something about it. It's, I, I just don't, I'm not at ease. And I feel like we got a, we got too much, it's too many more episodes left. Oh, I God. feel like something else got to hit the fan. That's just the way it is. So much anxiety. So much anxiety. My God. It's going to be a lot. It is, but I'm ready for it. And um, I'm, I just, I don't know. Like I, it did give me great anxiety. It gave me great pause in my chest. For quite some time, I needed to come down when it was done. We need to um, put a disclaimer and let the people know that we had a little, we had a few spoilers this episode. But okay. I do feel like if you've, if you've yet to watch, if you watch The Thrones and you've yet to watch, girl, what you doing? You're late. Just listen. Just get on somebody's HBO now, you know. And I know the first couple episodes are going to be kind of hard to get through, but ooh. It's so You just got to push through the first. If you can get through the first three, because I mean, my in my experience, the first the three. first three episodes, I was looking around like, what is wrong with all of these people? I'm not. But something about that episode four kind of pulled me into the to the madness. And here I am now. But yeah, you know, your girl loves fantasy. So I actually was late to the Game of Thrones train and I'm surprised I was so late, but whew, glad I got on board. Same. All right, well, let's move on to our kitchen table talk. Okay. Mother's Day is around the corner. Oh my gosh. A day for me. If you're running out of Mother's Day gift ideas, try the incredible bite-sized cupcakes from Baked by Melissa. Baked by Melissa's bite-sized cupcakes ship perfectly and will make a great gift mm-hmm. for all the mothers in your life. <sighs> I remember the very first time I had Baked by Melissa. It was years ago. Years ago. And those miniature delicious little pieces of heaven <laughs> are, are just the fact that they're fun size and I can eat yeah, like very six of they're them and dangerous. not feel guilty that I ate six cupcakes. Oh, my God. It's just absolutely wonderful. It's kind of like that punch, you know, that's in the, oh at, the at the school dance. Jesus. It'll sneak up on you. But baked by Melissa cupcakes are adorable and delicious. They're perfectly bite-sized, so you can have one in every flavor, and you'll want to. They offer unique flavors and seasonal gift boxes that are easy to gift. With one- and two-day shipping nationwide, they're guaranteed to arrive fresh and delicious. <clears throat> The last day for standard shipping for Mother's Day is Thursday, May 9th. So you make sure you order now. This Mother's Day, send all the moms in your life the perfect gift with Baked by Melissa. Go to bakedbymelissa.com today and use promo code GROWN to get 15% off your next order. This is a special offer exclusively for podcast listeners. So make sure you take advantage. That's bakedbymelissa.com promo code GROWN for 15% off. Big banking is, or should I say was, broken. They charge high fees and use our deposits to fund pipelines and oil drilling. This greed leaves millions of Americans behind and destroys our planet, but it doesn't have to be this way. That's why lots of people are looking into Aspiration, a financial firm for those who want more money in their pocket and more power to do good. 
Featured in Forbes, the New York Times and Money Magazine, Aspiration offers a 2% annual percentage yield, zero ATM fees anywhere in the world, and the option to choose your own monthly fee, even if it's nothing. Plus, Aspiration commits 10% of their earnings to charities that help other Americans and offers extra cashback rewards for shopping and socially conscious businesses. Everyone deserves a financial firm that's fair, provides great products, and helps you make more money while making a difference. Put your money where your heart is. Download the Aspiration app to open an account, earn 2% annual interest, pay zero ATM fees, and save the planet while you're at it. So our kitchen table talk today is actually irony because Key and I were having a hard time trying to figure out what we wanted to do for the kitchen table talk this week. And so, you know, as we were sitting there having conversation, I was like, well, why don't we have a conversation about, and this is not getting ready to be seven ways that you can (laughs) blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But I was like, why don't we have a conversation about getting into creative ruts or getting into ruts, period? Because a lot of times a part of adulting is sometimes you just can't figure out what to do in that moment. And it's like, how do you react to that? So we just thought we'd have a little conversation about it. We don't have anything hardcore framed because clearly this came from a place of truth. (laughs) So I just thought that uh, it would be a good conversation to have because I know we're not the only ones who get there. And we wanted to be transparent with you all that sometimes sometimes it's hard to come up with topics like sometimes it gets difficult figuring out what we want to talk about. Sometimes you're not in the mood to talk about certain things. All that so yeah what are your thoughts um i just you know i feel like well just me being me i did do a little search on like creative box and um there are lots of literature and information out there talking about creative blocks and what i thought was most fascinating was that uh, Mm -hmm. most people are saying that they are not terrible things um and they actually are signs of a healthy creative process um Mm -hmm. But I guess where we the I guess the point is to allow the creative block to just kind of be whatever it's going to be. Um, as most creatives are perfectionists and believing that whatever we what wh- whatever we do is going to be, you know, amazing and great. But, you know, creative rets and having that kind of hesitancy about or feeling like it's not going to work is usually a function of perfectionism. Um, versus mm-hmm. just allowing yourself to just kind of exist in the space that you're in. Um, mm-hmm. So like a lot of times when we feel blocked, it's just, it's not that we're blocked. It's just your inner self telling your actual self that what you're thinking or what you're doing could be better. So you're just scrutinizing yourself, um, which is not um, entirely unhealthy. Cause I think that that, that kind of dialogue is what pushes you and makes sure that you continue to produce um, high quality things. But Mm -hmm. um, it's just a matter of of how long you allow yourself to stay, stay there and being conscious uh, to not make the time abusive. Right. So let me ask you a question. Okay. Um, I know your, 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 your line of work is more is like, Mm, I'm not going to say it's not creative because you've got to do a lot of writing every single day. So in your space, because you have to do a lot Mm -hmm. of writing, right? 
when you do you, first of all do you find yourself getting into ruts when you're working on your books or your I think that speeches or your yes absolutely <laughs> um I think what is frustrating for me is um sometimes I feel like my creativity doesn't flow in in uh you know in in such a way that will allow me to keep up with the pace of the work that I have to do so mm-hmm. I find I, I wish that it was a bit more um uh steady mm-hmm. um but it but by nature it's not and it never has been and I don't know it's frustrating because I feel like I want to do things to kind of make it more more um fluid uh or mm-hmm. frequent um but you know it's sometimes it's just spastic by nature so when i'm writing i have found mm-hmm. it's, it's what i try how how i try to manage that is being conscious of my process and just trying to remind myself of that so in in a 5 day work week the odds of me having full creative flow every day for 5 days are none like this just that's just not ever going to happen um and and that frustrates me because i feel like other people kind of flow in that way but comparison is a thief of all joy and that's probably not even true so whatever i guess i try to be more conscious of the fact that okay so i'm usually i usually can squeeze about one and a half amazing days out of a five-day work week okay so like the the problem is I don't know when that day is going to happen. So it definitely wasn't Monday, <laughs> but, but right. Ideally I'm hoping that between Tuesday and Wednesday, I can really kind of get into a groove and my, and you know, like last week, my groove came Thursday, but it didn't start until 6 PM, which was why I was at work until nine 30. Um, on on Thursday night, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I the I can definitely relate to this. There are days when I'm at my desk and I know that I have tons of work to do, but I'm literally just looking at the computer and the cursor blink, like, oh lord, nothing is coming out, just nothing. Mm-hmm. So I tr- like an endless. It's four just o'clock. dumb. It's just dumb, and I try to fill those times by doing like mundane things that don't require my creates my creative input like i'll do my expense mm-hmm. report or my timesheet or you know something that's you know something that's not uh super intense mm-hmm. um you know or thoughtful process but you know there are some times where i'm just like man i really wish that i could just kind of get get it out <laughs> um and it could be really frustrating, but evidently we have to allow the space for the process to just be mm-hmm. what it is. Like, I wish that I could be one of those. I feel like my supervisor is one of those people. She's one of those people that gets to work at 730. And I feel like she's working from 730 to 730. Like this, like it's just a every time you go in her office, it doesn't look like she's struggling at all. Things are just flowing out of her. <laughs> and I'm just like, girl, I be over here doodling, trying. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> I don't understand. I'm doodling and distracted. Just over here, just like... Just because she's there at 7.30 don't mean she's always cranking on something. That's I mean, that's probably fair, but I'm just saying it looks... It, she gives the appearance mm-hmm. that there is always something 
just being produced. And I just, my productivity is not set up like that. And I, I don't know if that comes from grad school because I wrote my dissertation between the hours of 11 PM and 3 AM. <laughs> you did. I did. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just, yeah. that's just what it was. And that's just when it, when the flow turned on, I would work yeah. every day. I would call Jay. We would talk every day when I was like either preparing dinner or on my way home or what have you. And then we would get off the phone and I would probably sit down to write at 10 and I would just write. Um, until I passed out and then I had to get up and go to work. But I feel like I, I had, I feel like that's almost ruined me. Um, given the way my life is set up now, if, if I worked at a, at a place that would allow me to function at those hours, I think I would be like amazed, but my my setup is much more conventional in that I'm expected to be behind a desk b- between the hours of nine to five. And that's, you know, historically, if you look through my little academic career and my professional career before, um, as a university administrator, I had a lot more flexibility as far as my schedule. So, I mean, if I needed to, to do my final report, you know, at nine o'clock at night, it wasn't a big deal. But now... Um, the way my team is set up, you know, I'm not able to do that. So I'm just trying to trying to find my way around that. And as such, I struggle with creative blocks quite a bit. But I think we all do, which is why I thought it would be an important conversation to have because it can come in the form of anything. Like I have so many different creative blocks and so many different aspects of my life. Um whether it be something small, something as small as like, okay, I don't want to give Noah a turkey sandwich every day <laughs> for lunch, but, and I cook food like I, for a living. Like this is, this is what I do. Like this is my passion. And sometimes I can't figure out what I want to make for my child's lunch. Or sometimes I can't figure out what I want to cook for dinner for my family. Um, you know, there's nigga piece theater mm-hmm. for Jaden XD where I have to literally sit down and write and like really think of a story and frame it and make it, you know, palatable for an audience. And sometimes I just don't have it or coming up for topics for the show. Sometimes we just don't have it, you know, coming up with sometimes there are times when I will think of 17 different different uh dishes where I'm like, oh, this would be good with this. Oh, this would be good. This would be good. And for no apparent reason. And then it's time for me to sit down and come up with recipes for different projects I'm working on. And I can't think of what I want to do. And I think when I get in those in those moments like that, like you said, I kind of just allow myself to have those moments. And then when I have those moments where like I'm on fire, I try to write those write those ideas down before I lose them. You know what I'm saying? And it kind of helps me in other times where and then I think a lot of it, too, when we when we um, when we hit these these creative blocks, sometimes sometimes they're just they just happen to be so, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like inspiration can come from anywhere. But I think sometimes when we hit these creative blocks, it's it's due to burnout. That's real. <clears throat> you know, mental and emotional. That's real. I think I mean, I agree. I think. Well, I was reading this uh, article here by Jeff Goins, who's a writer. He's published a mm-hmm. few books and he talks about leaning into uh, your creative block because blockages are not always bad. Uh, mm-hmm. He said that um, 
It feels like a waste, but in fact, it's not. It's an investment. It's a time of sowing. As we wait, something magnificent is beginning to stew within us. Push through these times. Pushing through these times of creative blocks is, is, is the wrong decision. We need to stop and listen to our work. There is a proper time for all creative endeavors, and there is no other way to determine when to begin a project than to close your eyes and open your ears. So, Ooh. I mean, that that was just like, dang, okay. <laughs> um, oh, we might need to, we need it's to like, that. It's like, yikes. <laughs> it's like, so I'm just sitting here thinking... <laughs> Like, what if I were to lean into my creative blocks? Like, what would that look like? Me being at my desk, instead of me being frustrated that the, the writing is not coming, is that an indication that I need to stop and listen? I guess my immediate question right. is, listen to what? But I guess that's, I need to just listen. <laughs> <laughs> listen to the wind. Just listen. Yeah, that's crazy. You'll be able to paint the colors of the wind. But no, that is, I mean, that makes sense. Lean into your creative blocks. Take the time to like sit there. Sometimes you just don't have it. Take the time. And it doesn't mean like you, you, you can't always like force an idea. You know, an idea is not always good when you force it. Sometimes you have to you have to let them come to you naturally. And sometimes you just have to realize that this ain't the day that it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, and be OK with that and say, all right, if we kind of change our mindsets, all right, tomorrow's a new day and t- find things that inspire you or like. Find ways to rest your mind. You know what I'm saying? All right, I can't do this. Like Kia said, do other tasks that you know need to be done, but don't require a lot of like mental muscle. Right. And when you do that, sometimes it's in the middle of those times when you're doing things like that where it will hit you and it'll come to you. Uh, There's a pace to to the work. Um, And there are times of start and there are times of stop. And sometimes we're in a time of stop when we feel like we should be started. So, um, it, you need to learn to, it's like, it's, and Goins is arguing that leaning into your creative blocks develops a, a, a sense of, or a state of maturity in you as a person such, mm-hmm. such that, you know, you, you know, are not having a tantrum about your block, but mm-hmm. you, um, he says, become obedience to the calling of being an artist and waiting mm. for the guide to just the right moment to move forward with our work. Now, this seems really like friend like to me, <laughs> but we love you, we friend. love you, friend. No, but I, I, I'm saying that I think you know that might make me like maturity right is something that's like a trigger word for me because I do feel like I definitely can see myself I I feel like most of the time when I'm upset I'm pouting about the fact that things are not moving the way that I want them to and the way that I want them to it's not always the best way so I guess it's it's about surrendering um and letting uh, things Surrendering to the process and just kind of being open to being guide, guided versus mm-hmm. feeling like you need to be in control of everything. Right. And that mm-hmm. is that is that is maturity. So maybe it's not it maybe is. this maybe it's not all fluff and smoke, but no, it is maturity because it's it's taking the time. It's stopping. It's realizing your limitations as a human being. 
And then it's also fixing your behavior when you, because we, it is easy for us to have tantrums, even as adults, it's easy for us to have tantrums when things don't go our way. And more often than not, I don't think people want to admit it, but we as adults have a lot of tantrums when things don't go our way, whether it be how we lash out because we don't like the circumstances that we're in right now or the situation that's going on, or sometimes the, it's the environment that we're in, but we have a hard time, especially when we, you know, those of us in the first world, mm -hmm. <laughs> we have a hard time sometimes accepting things not being our way. And accepting um, that things don't come immediately mm -hmm. or just because that instant gratification. Because we want them to. I yep. think. And that's a child. Yeah. And like being a writer. And so I. Oh, yes. And this is really getting me together. I didn't have any idea. I'm learning, you know, the the more that I write, that I have to mm -hmm. be open to the fact that the first way that it comes out is not going to be like, you know, being open to the fact that, you know, writing is about doing drafts and doing things multiple times and mm -hmm. that it's not going to be perfect. I think maybe, you know, when I stop and listen, maybe it'll be just like, you know, don't don't stress about how it comes out. Just get it out. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, just, I think this is, this is good for me because I'm thinking about processing my blocks differently mm -hmm. and not just saying like, oh, it's not coming out. Oh girl, it's coming. It's just not coming the way you want it to, but just let it come. And then if you need to go back and tweak it and, or fix it and make it better, then you can do that. It's funny you say that. I think too, also kind of on the same page, but something a little bit different is sometimes your creative um uh your creative outlets or what have you look different they don't always look the same and so i think a lot of times we get caught up too in um our creative breaks kind of like look in a certain way you know like we have these light bulb moments and i think so I'm looking at Solange's album, right? So we look at Solange's album. There's a lot of people who did not rock with Solange's second album or this latest album, should I say. They did not rock with her latest album. They loved to see it at the table. They were like, oh, she mumbling. I can't understand nothing she's saying, blah, blah, blah. I read uh, an article where she was interviewed and they were like, oh, so your, you know, your lyrics were more limited, this go around and so forth. And she was like, this go around, I wanted to focus on the production. Last album, I had a lot to say. This album, I didn't have a lot to say. Mm. Clearly. And <laughs> <laughs> I love the album personally. <laughs> oh, please, please, I imagined. please, please. <laughs> I saw things. <laughs> but I say that to say, I, I actually ended up, even though things I imagined, I'm still trying to figure out what that is. I, I still actually really, really enjoy the album and the album grew on me. Uh, me and XD like to call it a spaghetti album because it's set and the next day the flavors <laughs> really jumped out. <laughs> so, uh, I hate so, you niggas so much. <laughs> we thoroughly and you're, enjoy and your stained uh, Tupperware ass album. That's right. That's right. Our stained Tupperware album, but you know it is good. My God. And everybody's asking about it when we heat it up in the break room but um i say all that to say like her creative her creative route this go round looked totally different than it did than it did the time before mm -hmm. 
And sometimes for us in our creative, you know, sometimes we may think that we're in a creative rut, but it might be a shift in how you start to express those different, uh, those different passions or creativities or whatever that you have. And so that's, I think leaning into that also includes kind of embracing that change sometimes when your thought processes change and how, you know, and how you think about different things and, or whatever it is that you're putting. Totally. Out, if I'm making any you sense are, at all. I mean, what I'm hearing is it like, you know, like for me, for me, what, what was really resonating is the level of surrender, right? right? That is required. It's relinquishing control. It's being okay with 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 not being flawless. It is mm-hmm. it is accepting a new approach. Um, accepting that things are are going will be different than how I intended or planned. Um, and all of these things, even if I think about like, you know, like what it means to kind of grow in maturity, you know, as a person, as a, mm-hmm. as a professional, as a woman of, of faith, as an entrepreneur, all of these things, it's all the same, right? It's all about having a plan, but being adaptable. It's about, yep. uh, it's about having an intention and, and and pursuing that but you know being also being surrendered to the to the higher power and you know all of that so i mean all of this thing is kind of hanging together for me and it's really showing me uh you know that everything is everything there is purpose behind the block or what seems like a block Um, Mm -hmm. and maybe if, if we were to change our perspective in that direction, then it wouldn't feel like a block at all, but more like a part of the process. Yeah. All about it. We can call it a resting period, (laughs) a mental rest. (laughs) I mean, I mean, and and then, you know, the value of that, right. Mm -hmm. So like, you have to, you have to, you can't always be on. You can't. There's a flow. There's a rhythm. And with everything. Um, I'm thinking about this sermon I heard uh, Bishop Jakes do one time. He was talking about like God has a flow. God has a rhythm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, there's, you know, times of, of there's times of, um, you know, tempo and, and pace. And it seems like, you know, it, the rhythm is, is increased. And then there's time where, where the beat is so slow. You think it stopped, but it's still a beat. Um, but all, and how all of that uh, really kind of works together in the in the broader symphony, right? To tell to to tell the more compelling story. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this has been helpful to me, and I thought it was going to be terrible. <laughs> See, you be doubting. It wasn't even no. a doubt. It wasn't about no, you. No, it, it was wasn't just... a doubt. It was really about the fact that Kia and I truly did not. We truly like got down to the wire. Like we don't have a kitchen table. Talk. I mean, and, and like, I think we we, it's, it's reflective of our commitment to to continue to bring you guys quality content that matters. And I think the lesson in it for me is there is value in us just kind of sharing where we are and what we're feeling at the moment, at the time. So there will be episodes that are that are planned and thought out. And where we've done our research and we have our formulated questions and the flow of the of the conversation. And then there are others where we figure it out along the way. 
Um, And that's okay too. Um, eh. And also we want to hear from you guys. So, you know, this is us. Remember, this is us gathering around the kitchen table together. So let us know. And this is not us asking you to do the work for us. But let us know. We want to hear your voices. Like what what things do you all want to talk about at the kitchen table? You can write in to gettinggrownpodcast at gmail.com. You can email us. You can tweet us. Uh, you can Facebook us. You can Instagram us. We are reachable in so many different so many different capacities. So we want to hear from you. What do you want to talk, talk about around the kitchen table? And I mean, you know, Jermaine, to what we've been talking about, what are... What are some ways that we can commit to um, uh, being, well, I guess, pursuing, accepting um, the block or what seems like a block? What are some ways that we can work together to support each other and hold each other accountable to that? So, like, if you're feeling frustrated, is it you're going to reach out to somebody and say, you know... I'm having a horrible day and here's why. Um, or is it, is it you going to journal about it? Like, I think, mm-hmm. I know for me, I'm going to, um, I'm going to try to like jot down journal or, or think through when I'm feeling frustrated, like what that's about and being okay with it being kind of sporadic. Cause I, I find myself mm-hmm. least recently I've been shaming myself for having multiple tabs open in my mind. Cause I, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm so distracted <laughs> all the time and I'm always, you know, popping back and forth between one tab and the next that um, I feel like I don't get as much done. But maybe that's just mm-hmm. that's just where I'm at. Like, I got so much going on that I have to be thinking about multiple things at once. Because that's that's I just actually... I think maybe that's just my the way my life is set up right now. And it, it may not be about trying to change that more than it is about figuring out how to use that to my advantage. It's funny that you said that because I told you I've been working more on my like meditation and prayer, but like, you know, really taking that time for myself. And I find myself with the tabs open in my head with all the things that I have to do. Sometimes my mind will wander when I'm trying to have that set aside time. And the other day, if I may use the language the way that I leaned into that (laughs) is um, I acknowledged it. I was like, all right, you know what I'm saying? Like, let me take a pause for a second. I'm thinking about too many things and I need to be focusing on this right now. Like this is what I need to be focusing on. And I just kind of did like a quick reset Mm -hmm. and it, it was very helpful. It was very helpful. But I think in the past, I've either been ashamed or what have you that my mind will just be will be going in so many different directions and I'm having a ton of conversations with myself. And I think now I'm just trying to be a little bit easier. Like it's natural. I'm you know, it's natural with all the things that I going that I have going on that my mind is going to be racing. But instead of me getting devastated about that or quitting and like I'm not going to do this now. I'm kind of just like, all right, let's just do a quick reset and kind of figure out how we can change the perspective on that. And then, you know, we'll do it different the next time or we'll figure out how to move forward and like get into this this little meditation period. But yeah, so we just, you know, let us know right in right in and let us know some of the ways that you guys lean into your uh, so-called blocks or in ways in which you want to maybe change 
uh, your perspective on how on how you deal with those. Agreed. Zebit believes that everyone deserves access to lifelong interest-free credit. With Zebit, you'll have the power to buy what you need and pay over time interest-free. Zebit provides a better zero interest credit option for all members, no matter your credit score. And with Zebit, there's zero cost to join, zero membership fees and zero late fees. Your Zebit account is not determined by your credit score and your Zebit account does not impact your credit score. Zebit has more than 50,000 products in their marketplace and brand names like Xbox, Sony, Apple, GoPro and Fitbit, all at competitive prices from electronics to barbecues, furniture and more. Zebit has everything you need for when you need it. Zebit has a five star rating on Trustpilot and they've earned the trust of hundreds of thousands of customers who shop on Zebit. So... The fact that Zebit has zero interest financing, zero sign-up fees, uh, the Zebit marketplace—it's absolutely wonderful. I, I know that I, you know, I want to get involved, and I cannot wait to be a part. Sign up for Zebit today at zebit.com/grown and get twenty-five hundred dollars credit to shop the Zebit marketplace at zero interest and zero cost to join. That's zebit.com/grown for twenty-five hundred dollars of interest-free credit. Zebit.com/grown. Honestly, truly. Hey cousins, I'm seconds away from cussing everybody at my university clean Yikes. out. Everybody. Oh, So I entered a two-year MSW MPH program in the fall of 2017, straight after graduation at the same university I completed undergrad. Mm -hmm. This program requires a field internship that the school must provide. Mm -hmm. After lots of emails and meetings and me going off on this particular office, I was not given a field internship, which delayed me an extra semester. Okay. I accepted that instead of graduating in spring 2019, that I will be graduating in fall of 2019. Whatever. This same office did not make me aware that an application for this modified calendar was required, so I submitted it late. They gave me shit about it, but after meeting with them, they extended the deadline another week, but this time required a letter of recommendation from my previous supervisor. Let's call her Cruella. Mm. I let Cruella know the circumstances, and she agreed to write it and submit it by the deadline. I submitted four out of five of the required materials and let the office know that the fifth requirement, Cruella's letter, will be coming shortly. Mm I would not have access to my email after a certain time, so I would not have been able to get the letter from Cruella and send it to the office. Fast forward to today, the same office emails me back saying my application was denied since they had not received that fifth requirement. I immediately started crying because I've been through literal hell and back with this office and have been experiencing constant hurdles that seem to keep coming up the closer I get to the finish line. Now I'm facing another full academic year in the program. I hate the city that my school is in. I can't fathom staying another year, not to mention the financial burden a third year in a two-year program will impose. I'm already knee-deep in student loan debt and already have two jobs outside of a full-time school schedule to keep up with cost of living, so another job is not an option. I'm considering dropping out of the program altogether because I'm struggling to find the light at the end of this tunnel. I requested a meeting with the field internship office, the dean of the school and the director of the program to see if there's anything that can be done. But I do not have a mentor of any sort to come with me and advocate for me. So I don't see it going in my favor. How would you handle this situation? I don't know what else to do but give up. Sincerely, Freddie. Well, um, I don't necessarily feel like what sticks out to me is... um, 
you saying that you don't have an advocate, so you don't think that it will go well. I feel like you have in this email laid out a very compelling argument and it even I and explained it. right a very clear and compelling argument that explains your situation. I think it is unreasonable um for you to have to stay and pay for another full year. Um yeah. You know, because they, they didn't receive a letter. Uh I think I think that's unreasonable. I feel like if it were me, I think you go we often we often have to change our um perspective and approach when we find ourselves in these situations. It is not that you're asking someone to kind of give you a break more than you're highlighting um, a barrier or a flaw within their policy or system that um, may be the cause for, you know, any issues which may be the cause for students dropping out and not completing the program. Mm -hmm. We have to remember that Mm -hmm. these programs rely like they're, they're not considered successful programs if students don't graduate. So they, the, it should be just as important to them as it is to you to get you through, especially if this is the only thing that's keeping you from graduating. So I would, I would, um, you know, I know it's frustrating and I know you're tired, I would I would I'm not going to tell you to get rid of those emotions, but I would reposition them and I would put them um, um, you know, I would I would repurpose them such that, you know, it would it would be my. Um, it would be my impetus even to pursue strategizing a fix like strategizing and and finding a solution to this problem like it's about going to these people and saying this is the situation and we got to figure out how to do this because this is a this is an issue like I'm not like Mm -hmm. this is not and this is not my bag to carry I've literally done everything within my power everything else you know what I'm saying like you know I'm, I'm looking for someone to help me to figure out how to have how to navigate this Um, and I think if, if you are to, and, and I would definitely meet with people, um, and, and and go in with the attitude of like, you know, we just need to find a solution to this problem versus like, I need y'all to let me like, you've earned this degree. You've done every, you fulfilled all the requirements. And this is, uh, this is a policy issue. This is not mm-hmm. a reflection of your capacity as a student or as a social worker mm-hmm. uh, or, or, you right. know, public health, uh, public health professional, um, whichever your uh, area of expertise is. But I this is not, this is not a function. I would not own this. I would not take this as as my burden because this is a problem at the institutional level. And they have got to work with you to find the fix because it is unreasonable for you to for them to expect you to continue to give them money. Um, And this is a policy issue. And if you don't get anywhere um, with these people, I would suggest you go to the um, ombudsman or ombudswoman on your campus because they are the person who is uh, designated to be like your legal advocate um, and, and could help you to navigate this policy issue. 
But this is not, again, this is not on you. This is not a reflection of whether or not you should quit. Like you've already earned this degree. Like you're telling me right now, the only thing that's keeping you from walking is a formality is paperwork. It's it's like, so this is not a matter of you not having what it takes. You've already earned this credential. You just, and it's not a matter of you not submitting what you're supposed yeah, to. Yeah, you've done submit. everything. You've done everything that that was within your power. And this is just not like, you know, I mean, provided I understand that policies are policies and deadlines are deadlines. And again, you should be able to to demonstrate just like you did with us. Like when they gave you the, the week extension, you did everything, all the components that you were responsible for, you submitted. It was just this, this letter from this one person. Um, mm-hmm. That's really the hold up here. So I, I, I'm really sorry that this is something that you're experiencing. Unfortunately, these structural kind of issues serve as barriers to people like us, um, you know, across the, the education landscape. These is, you know, and they want to blame us and say that we're not committed to finishing our degrees. But there are lots of policies and loopholes and structural issues that keep us from doing what we got to do. So this is a bunch of bureaucracy and baloney. And there is a way to navigate it. I just I just think your first the first thing you should do is really change your perspective about it, because this is not an attack on you. This is not an indication that you've not done the work. This is a policy issue. And I know I keep saying that, but I just want to reiterate it. This is not on you. This is on the institution. And and, and it is um, and it's on them just as much as it's, it's their responsibility, just as much as it's yours to get you through this degree program. Yep. Because they're going to have to answer for attrition. They're going to have to answer for why you, you didn't graduate. And they can't just say that it wasn't your fault when all the evidence shows and um, yeah, all the evidence shows that you've done everything that you've been asked to do. And yeah, ain't nobody, ain't nobody paying them a whole nother tuition for what? There's no reason. So I, I, I hope, I hope that what I've offered is useful to you. You do have, um, you do have what you need, um, right now. And you do have access to people who can advocate for you. Like I said, if you don't get anywhere with the dean and the program director, then I would encourage you to seek out the ombuds person on your campus and explain to them the situation. And um, I'm I'm pretty sure that that they are legally bound to help you <laughs> to find a fix. Um, so those are my thoughts. I hope that helps, Freddie. <laughs> That sounds very thorough to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Please keep us posted on how this goes for you. And we really do hope for the best. Um, Like Kia said, you presented a super clear argument here. You let us know very clearly A, B, and C, all that went down. So hopefully that works in your favor. Please keep us posted. Please keep us updated. And we will definitely keep you in our thoughts. Show you around. Let's move on to these petty peeves. Mm-hmm. Oh, before we move on, um, graduation season is coming. It is. So don't forget to start sending your graduation announcements to gettinggrownpodcast at gmail.com. Um, Key and I will start to get into those very soon. We'll let you know when that's coming up. And don't worry, you'll get your time stamps. You will. 
<laughs> and I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey, honey, honey. So I don't know if this has been my petty peeve before, but like he has said, sometimes there there's a repeating warranted. People who park like dickheads. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So we live in a city where you must parallel park. We park on the street for the most part, unless you are just of the truly blessed who happen to have some sort of driveway or parking situation. The people who like park in the middle of blocks or leave like a half, like a foot in front of, you know, with another car or what have you, like they don't pull up, they don't leave any space behind them for other cars. And then at the end of the night, you look people who don't pull up to the curb, they pull up to they don't pull up to the end of the curb. They kind of park like a few feet back. So then there's a, that could have been a whole nother parking space. I just it just really pisses me off. Like I'm an old lady. I sit at my window sometimes in my room and I watch how people park on the street <laughs> and I cheer when they park like decent human beings. And I and I, you know, hiss and cuss when they park like dickheads but it's just i just want people to be very mindful especially if you live in a city that is past predominantly street parking be mindful of the space around you and how little decisions that you make can affect somebody's day somebody could be coming around that corner and there's a whole parking space there you know why because nobody parked like a dickhead What's your petty peeve? Um, my petty peeve is for people who uh, abuse shame, like who manipulate through shame. So mm. um, specifically as, as a marketing tool, as a tool to grow their business, I think that that's real, real basic. So I went to, I had to, uh, I went to a, a nail tech that I don't usually go to recently. Um, and uh, it was a, a man, it was an, um, and I'm, it was referred to him by one of my good friends. And I went in there and I was, I was getting a fill. I asked for a fill mm-hmm. and you know, he looks at my hands, which is not uncommon for anybody doing your nails, just kind of like inspecting my current situation. Um, and he's like, you know, a very cocky little Asian man. Right. So, you know, but, you know, I'm not bothered. You know, that's his personality. I let him live. But he's very he's got a he's got a lots of like bravado, lots of machismo, just all of this, like, it's just this real big personality coming from this, this person of smaller stature. But I mean, Mm. get it how you live, man. I don't, you know, you do whatever (laughs) you need to do until you start coming for me. So he's looking at my hands and then he just kind of like takes a breath and he's just like, um, this is not going to work. So I'm looking at him like, excuse me. Uh, he was like, your nails are crooked and ugly and you need a, and you what? need a new set. I said, excuse what? I said, what? what? He was like, your nails are crooked. And I was like, he said, you need a new set. 
I said, but these aren't tips. These are my nails. This is a my. This is these are mine. <laughs> like, and he was like, yeah, like you need to cut your nails. And I'm just like, nah, like <laughs> no, nah. Um, and he was just like, uh, I was like, well, why, why? He was like, you know, do you see? And he was trying to show me like. He was like, your nails are not straight. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, show me where they're not straight. Like, and I'm asking him, he's not able to give me any sort of evidence to demonstrate how my nails are crooked. But just Mm. his naked eye, I guess he's saying that they're crooked. And I'm trying to tell him that these are the nails that are growing out of my actual nail beds. So I'm struggling. Um, And I know that nails can grow crooked. I get that. But how are you gonna tell somebody their nails are? But like, who the but I later know? learned that he has a policy that he doesn't like to go over other people's work, and I'm just like, if that's your policy, say that because I can get jiggy with that. Then I then yeah. I can make a choice as to whether or not I want to, you know, patronize you as a nail technician. But if you insult me, like I felt like he was literally like this was his tactic. He didn't want me because because a full set would have cost me a lot more money than a fill-in would have cost me. Oh, yeah. So I felt like this was his way of getting me to spend more money in his chair. And I'm just like, bruh, no. <laughs> so so um, he was like, well, I can do a fill. And I'm like, well, that's, that would be what I asked you to do. So I'm trying <laughs> to figure out, I mean, here we are back at back at one, as Brian McKnight would say. <laughs> so, um, you know, for his face, he was like, OK. And then he proceeds to do my feel begrudgingly. He's all he all mad now. Got an attitude being all rough housing with my hands too. All I know is you better not cut my my fucking cuticles. I've looked at, and I had to pull my hands back more than once. Like, are we OK? Mm-hmm. Like you want to. Hey, like, what's happening? And I thought several times that I was just going to have to leave out of there with just, like, half-done nails. But we made it through. Um, but I'm just like... Well, let me see them. I mean, I'm they look bad now. This was the week before last. Um, oh, okay. But I'm just like, uh, bruh, don't shame me. <laughs> don't try to shame me into spending, spending more money. money. That's not going to work. You can tell me your nails. He said your nails are ugly and crooked. And he sat back and looked at me like I was going to be like, oh, my God. I was just like, let me tell you something. I feel like this is an Angela Johnson. Bruh, I was looking at him like he had 14 heads. And um, (laughs) when I was explaining it to other people in the shop, they were just like, child, he do that three times a day. He be trying to get people. And he be like, the girls be in here. They be all they be appalled that that someone said their nails is ugly. So they just let him do what he wants. And I'm just like, there is absolutely no way that I would have allowed this very little man to cut all my nails off. There's no way. For what? Well, how do you have the pinacity <laughs> to tell me my nails are ugly? But I just, I have not had a good history. I've not had a good history with male nail technicians um, mm. for whatever reason. And I don't know what it is, but they just seem to give me a lot. Um, And I have my theories as to why that is. But <laughs> this man really talked to me crazy. Like he really, 
really did. If you follow me on Instagram, I put the name of the shop and the name of the technician on there and, you know, admonished all the women and the men and women in the DMV not to spend their money in that place. But, um, yeah, no, that's, that's snuff worthy. That's Remy. But I was just really like, like, (laughs) don't, first of all, you are lying because my nails are not ugly. They've never been. So how do you come out of your mouth? He literally said, he was like, your nails are crooked and ugly. And I was just like, oh, I'm sorry. Your mother's ugly. <laughs> I, like, I just, like, I, I, was like, I have a visceral, I like, diarrhea of the mouth laughing. when people say things like I think that. I was shocked. I was stunned to the extent that I was just like, is this really happening? I, I laughed. And then I, I really, then I became fascinated. And I was just like, you got to explain to me what you're talking about. Please help me understand. Please. Because what? Are you kidding me? You cannot be serious. I I can't do anything but laugh because I cannot believe somebody came out of their mouth. He's like, your nails are ugly. And I said, what? mm-hmm. what's wrong with you? Are they? Uh-huh. No cooth, my nigga. Wait, before we end, have you seen that? Um, have you seen that advertisement going around on the Internet of that naked uh, barber? Naked barber? No. There's a nigga cutting. No hair. way. But that's no. naked. I'm so no. serious. Under no circumstances. Yo, I'm gonna find the leak. I'm literally about to find the naked barber. No. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I think that more conc- than your average haircut. That concludes this week's episode <laughs> of Getting Grown with Jaden Kim. We really, really appreciate you for listening. <laughs> And we hope that we have said something that has been useful to you. Thank you for sharing this time with us. <laughs> Sis, do you want to say goodbye to the people? Because this show is over and I'm not doing this with I'm, you. I'm definitely sending key links to I the I have Barbara. no interest in that. It's a nigga giving Caesars. No! His <laughs> is this a black man? Yes. Uh, yes. It's a black I am. It's like a it's like an eighty dollar haircut. I am wholly <laughs> disgusted. Can you No, I cannot. Getting getting your designs all, with like a dick on your shoulder. All, <laughs> huh. Huh. Is this this man is a sex worker? He must be. No. Well, you know, I can't imagine if you have a whole dick on your shoulder that imagine some things are gonna go down. Because I feel like, you know, when you get your hair cut, they have to I'm a firm believer of the no sex in the champagne room mantra. I'm just so grateful that I have a wonderful woman barber, extremely talented and fully clothed. So that's really That's really all that I have to say about this. But in, we that barber you told us about, he probably wanted to the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Not that fa- y'all should see that face, Kim. It was fast. <laughs> well, you know, he messed up. He messed up because he, he might. He might could have. But is it going to show? I didn't say that. I said oh. the, he yeah. he he might could have. We might could have gotten farther than we've got. <laughs> but he crossed the line and and did a lot. Yeah. And that's all I have to say about that because 
you know, niggas play games. But in the but we don't have to play games. Don't do it with your skin. <laughs> Make sure you continue to drink your water. Moisturize and mind your business. The business that pays you. Why, sis? Because your black will crack if it's dry. Or if you wake up with a dick on your shoulder. God, grow up. <laughs> Never. I'm, like, I'm going to send Arya Stark. Arya Stark to you. She's going to end this. She's going to take care of it. I am Arya no, Stark. <laughs> no, you're Bye. not. You are not Arya Stark.